things would come to pass. They would forget us. But at first, the slips of paper became precious, a form of currency. That didn't last. The suffering was too great. After I read the paper, I folded it up and said, I'll hold on to it for you, okay? I don't know if you understood me. You were still distant and mute, your face as blank and wide-eyed as the face of your doll. Instead of nodding your own head, you nodded the doll's head, part of you forever now. When its eyes blinked, you blinked your own. It was like this for a long time. Presia, Cabinets Presia is lying in the cabinet. This is where she'll sleep when she turns 16 in two weeks. The tight press of blackened plywood pinching her shoulders, the muffled air, the stalled motes of ash. She'll have to be good to survive this. Good and quiet and, at night, when OSR patrols the streets, hidden. She nudges the door open with her elbow, and there sits her grandfather, settled into his chair next to the alley door. The fan, lodged in his throat, whirs quietly. The small plastic blades spin one way when he draws in a breath, and the opposite way when he breathes out. She's so used to the fan that she'll go months without really noticing it. But then there will be a moment, like this one, when she feels disengaged from her life and everything surprises. So, do you think you can sleep in there? He asks. Do you like it? She hates the cabinet, but she doesn't want to hurt his feelings. I feel like a comb in a box, she says. They live in a back storage room of a burned out barber shop. It's a small room with a table, two chairs, two old pallets on the floor, one where her grandfather now sleeps and her old one, and a handmade birdcage hung from a hook in the ceiling. They come and go through the storage room's back door, which leads to an alley. During the before, this cabinet held barbershop supplies, boxes of black combs, bottles of blue barbasol, shaving cream canisters, Neatly folded hand towels, white smocks that snapped around the neck. She's pretty sure that she'll have dreams of being blue Barbasol trapped in a bottle. Her grandfather starts coughing. The fan spins wildly. His face flushes to a rubied purple. Presia climbs out of the cabinet, walks quickly to him, and claps him on the back, pounds his ribs. Because of the cough, people have stopped coming around for his services. He was a mortician during the before, and then became known as the flesh tailor, applying his skills with the dead to the living. She used to help him keep the wounds clean with alcohol, line up the instruments, sometimes helping hold down a kid who was flailing. Now people think he's infected. Are you all right? Presia says. Slowly, he catches his breath. He nods. Fine. He picks up his brick from the floor and rests it on his one stumped leg, just above its seared clot of wires. The brick is his only protection against OSR, 
This sleeping cabinet is the best we've got, her grandfather says. Just give it time. Prescian knows she should be more appreciative. He built the hiding place a few months ago. The cabinets stretch along the back wall that they share with the barbershop itself. Most of what's left of the wrecked barbershop is exposed to the sky, a large hunk of its roof blown clean off. Her grandfather stripped the cabinets of drawers and shelves. Along the back wall of the cabinets, he's put in a fake panel that acts like a trap door, leading to the barbershop itself, a panel that she can pop off if she needs to escape into the barbershop. And then where will she go? Her grandfather has shown her an old irrigation pipe where she can hide out while OSR ransacks the storage room, finding an empty cabinet, and her grandfather tells them that she's been gone for weeks and probably for good, maybe dead by now.